Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Here we go. Lesson 192. I have a function God would have me fill. All of us has a function. I was just having a, I don't want to say, not a heat. Not a heated conversation, but a conversation, a spirited conversation with my friend Greg, and we were talking about, like, I, you know, I for one believe that there are dark forces operating in the ether, in the collective consciousness. Um, I, I, I don't know. Course in Miracles talks about like the great rays, so like the rays of light, capital G, capital R, great rays. But I do not, it also talks about, I believe, the sentinels of darkness. So like the shadow figures, the set, I believe it refers to them as the sent of, sentinels of darkness. Here, maybe I can look it up. Maybe Google will help me there. Actually, I just did find that. So I was I was afraid it was either like, if it wasn't Course in Miracles, that it was going to be like The Hobbit or something, The Sentinels of Darkness. But it says, there is no darkness. This is in chapter 14, section 6, verse, subsection 2. It's kind of like the Bible. It's kind of uh, outlined like the Bible. There is no darkness that the light of love will not dispel unless it is concealed from love's beneficence. What is kept apart from love cannot share its healing power because it has been separated off and kept in darkness. The sentinels of darkness watch over it carefully, and you who made these guardians of illusion out of nothing are now afraid of them. So that if you if you go on YouTube and you listen to there it's really interesting to listen to some of the African American conservatives some of the African American conservative channels on YouTube but you will see a lot of them there are a lot of Christians who are saying that there's spiritual warfare right so that there are Satan has in fact deployed his his legions his armies and they have captured the hearts and minds of a lot of the youth and the youth are wreaking havoc on this on the cities particularly chicago and again interesting perspective so from a course of miracles perspective it would it would still just say um that this is this is all illusion right so God did not create this mayhem that is happening within the cities and therefore it is not real. And so it says here, would you continue to give imagined power to these strange ideas of safety? They are neither safe nor unsafe. They do not protect, neither do they attack. They do nothing at all, being nothing at all. So these these dark forces that, you know, the the traditional Christians would would argue are capturing a lot of people are Course in Miracles says they're nothing. Now, does that mean that we spiritually bypass and pretend that these that that there are not in fact citizens who are in danger as a result of these teen takeovers? No, we don't pretend. So this is not Course in Miracles. This is not a Course in Miracles and spiritual bypassing. 
but at the same time, we want to search for the Christ in, in these people who are essentially disconnected from spirit. So Course of Miracles would say that we offer them a lily instead of a thorn, right? So you see a lot of people, myself included, when I get all, when I get all caught up, when I get all emotional, when my borderline personality is activated, I will be offering thorns all over the place. But uh, Greg and I were having this sort of, again, spirited discussion regarding kind of the nature of all of this stuff. And he's saying like, yeah, you can acknowledge it, just don't get so hooked. But I personally kind of like the part of me that gets hooked. I kind of like the crazy side of me. I just kind of do. I kind of get off on it. I kind of get off on getting emotionally intoxicated. So although I am a pretty devout Course in Miracles student, and you could argue minister, I'm still very much human. So without further ado, Lesson 192, I have a function God would have me fill. It is your Father's holy will that you complete himself, and that yourself shall be his sacred Son, forever pure as he, of love created and in love preserved, and in love preserved, extending love, creating in its name, forever one with God and with yourself. Yet what can such a function mean within a world of en- envy, hatred, and attack? Therefore, you have a function in the world in its own terms. For who can understand a language far beyond his simple grasp? Forgiveness represents your function here. It is not God's creation, for it is the means by which untruth can be undone. And who would pardon heaven? Yet on earth you need the means to let illusions go. Creation means creation merely waits for your return to be acknowledged, not to be complete. Creation cannot even be conceived of in the world. It has no meaning here. Forgiveness is the closest it can come to earth. For being heaven-born, it has no form at all. Yet God created one who has the power to translate in form the holy formless. What he makes are dreams, but of a kind so close to waking that the light of day already shines in them, and eyes already opening, behold the joyful sights their offerings contain." Wow, there's just so many zingers, this last handful of lessons. Just so much beautiful use of language in this last handful of lessons. Forgiveness gently looks upon all things unknown in heaven, sees them disappear, and leaves the world a clean and unmarked slate on which the word of God can now replace the senseless symbols written there before. Forgiveness is the means by which the fear of death is overcome because it holds no fierce attraction now and guilt is gone. Forgiveness lets the body be perceived as what it is, a simple teaching aid to be laid by when learning is complete, but hardly changing him who learns at all. That is a whopper right there. Forgiveness lets the body be perceived as what it is, a simple teaching aid to be laid by when learning is complete. So in other words, when you've learned all your lessons, the body just keels over and dies and the spirit goes on. Now, I've mentioned my accident several times. There was a very clear thought at the time of that accident that I could in fact die. That was also very but followed by a very clear thought of, well, and I guess I could die. 
So perhaps in that moment, right, the the body was ready to be laid aside because learning was complete, but apparently it wasn't. I had to I had to finish this course in miracles podcast and hopefully quite a few other things. The mind without the body cannot make mistakes. It cannot think that it will die, nor be the prey of merciless attack. Anger becomes impossible, and where is terror then? What fears could still assail those who have lost the source of all attack, the core of anguish, and the seat of fear? Only forgiveness can relieve the mind of thinking that the body is its home. Only forgiveness can restore the peace that God intended for his Holy Son. Only forgiveness can persuade the Son to look again upon his holiness. Only forgiveness. With with anger gone, you will indeed perceive that, for Christ's vision and the gift of sight, no sacrifice was asked, and only pain was listed from a sick and tortured mind. Is this unwelcome? Is it to be feared? Or is it to be hoped for, met with thanks, and joyously accepted? We are one, and therefore give up nothing. But we have indeed been given everything by God. Yet do we need forgiveness to perceive that this is so. Without its kindly light, we grope in darkness, using reason but to justify our rage and our attack. That's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. I, I will use reason to justify rage and attack. So, yet do you need, yet do we need forgiveness to perceive that this is so, or that, that there's no reason for us to be rageful. We need forgiveness. Our understanding is so limited that what we think we understand is but confusion born of error. We are lost in mists of shifting dreams and fearful thoughts, our eyes shut tight against the light, our minds engaged in worshiping what is not there. So that's kind of back to the spirited conversation I was re- referring to with Greg. And that's also what, again, you will see in a lot of the conservative Christian observations of what is happening in the world. So the Christian, you know, the traditional Christian observation of what's happening in the world, again, would be there are dark forces, there are evil forces, they are possessing our youth, the, the youth are killing uh, each other and whomever else gets in their way, the mass shooters are possessed by evil and they are carrying out demonic plans. Now, there is a heck of a lot of validity to that argument, at least something about that argument to be very much considered and perhaps fully heated, but that's not Course in Miracles. Course in Miracles says it, it's not real. Those people are disconnected from source. Our job is to forgive them. And in forgiving them, we maintain semblances of sanity within ourselves, which then extends out to all the world. Again, this stuff is not a joke. Who can be born again in Christ but him who has forgiven everyone he sees or thinks of or imagines or imagines? Who could be set free while he imprisons anyone? A jailer is not free, for he is bound together with the prisoner. He must be sure that he does not escape, and so he spends his time in keeping watch on him. The bars that limit him become the world in which his jailer lives along with him, It is, uh, and it is 
on his freedom that the way to liberty depends for both of them. Therefore, hold no one prisoner. So um, whenever you're judging someone, whenever you are insisting that someone is behaving in a horrible, wretched, perhaps even evil way, you are in fact holding them prisoner, right? So release instead of bind, for thus are you made free. The way is simple. Every time you feel a stab of anger, realize you hold a sword above your head, and it will fall or be, or be averted as you choose to be condemned or free. Thus does each one who seems to tempt you to be angry represent your Savior from the prison house of death, and so you owe him thanks instead of pain. Be merciful today. The Son of God deserves your mercy. It is he who asks that you accept the way to freedom now. Deny him not. His Father's love for him belongs to you. Your function here on earth is only to forgive him, and you may accept him back as your identity. He, he is as God created him, and you are what he is. Forgive him now his sins, and you will see that you are one with him. Bam! That is some magical, mystical, miraculous, course in miracles knowledge being spit over the microphone. Um, so it, it's in reading something like this that is basically saying, under no circumstances are you, con are, are you to condemn. Under no circumstances are you to condemn. In condemning others, you are jailing or imprisoning yourself. And every person, right, with each person who comes into your experience, you hold a sword above your head, and in condemning him, you are condemning yourself with your own sword, and by forgiving him or her, the sword is averted. No exceptions. So this is why I find it hard to, when the when a you read like a, a traditional Christian's critique of A Course in Miracles that it's like demonic or satanic or whatever. How could that, how could, how could refusing to condemn someone in the exact same way and in the exact same manner that Jesus refused to condemn the people that nailed his body to a cross, how could emulating him to that degree be folly or uh, of the work of a false prophet or or anything. Now, I'm sure that there is a well-thought-out, well-articulated argument on the part of a conservative Christian or a, a, a traditional Christian who, by the way, I'm not bashing. I certainly am not bashing them. I get that entire orientation towards things. It makes sense to me, even though I don't agree with it, and I can see I do see how that sort of religion essentially helps people to make sense of the world, right? We don't know how to live. We're like little children, so we turn it over to God, and God instructs us. If we do as God instructs, we have happy lives. There are many different forms that that can take, as I'm always, um, always um, mentioning. There's the 12 steps, the traditional recovery uh, journey, there is the Course in Miracles, and then, yes, there are the 
the the traditional religions. There's the Eightfold Path of Buddhism, which is very, very, very powerful. That's another way to basically, it's a structure inside of which you can do what God says, because you, left to your own devices, are very likely to screw things up in a major way. So we ask something greater than us, something divine in nature, to order our thinking and order our thoughts and order our lives, order our relationships, and then we have heaven on earth. Or we go to heaven. Either way, it's really, really, really beautiful stuff. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening again. Talk to you next time. (music) 